This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and if it's not my father-in-law, or if it's not my dad, it's my mom who has to go to the emergency room. (sighs) Yeah, it happened again, but this time it was my mom that had to be brought to the emergency room. Uh, I'm being a little flippant uh, because she's okay. I'll just tell you that right after the beginning. She's okay. Well, here's what happened. Last Monday... Uh, she had her a few of her lady friends over to uh, play poker. They do that once a month or once every couple of weeks, and they trade houses where they go. And uh, this time it was over to my parents' house. And, uh, you know, they're old ladies sitting around playing poker. Strip poker. It's really disgusting. And, uh, no, it's not strip poker. But it would be disgusting, wouldn't it? Well, you know, unless you're into that sort of thing, and then, hey, you know, whatever. Um, but not my mom, okay? <laughs> Pick four other old ladies. Uh, we, you know, the, the three that are there, but not my mom. Well, okay, so the, what they do now, see, in the old days, the, the card-playing days go back, way back to when I was a kid. And my dad and some uncles and old, you know, adult cousins would, would play poker, and, and mom's kind of the same thing. And, and dad and his, you know, that kind of ended... But uh, mom and the gals, they still manage to continue to do so, and uh, and in the old days it would be it would start in the evening and go into the night. Well, now it starts in the afternoon and goes into the early evening, because <laughs> it gets I don't know it just seems to make more sense for them. They're sharper at that time of the day. Uh, well, they were wrapping up. And, and they, they finished playing cards, and they're sitting around gabbing and having some snacks or whatever, and Mom's up doing something, and she all of a sudden feels lightheaded and dizzy. And she says, oh, oh, I better, I better, uh, I better sit down. And she says, I, I'm so dizzy, I, I better sit down. So she heads, to, she heads to a chair to sit down to try to collect herself, and next thing you know, she's, she just tumbles off the chair collapses onto the floor and then bangs her head on the back, you know, back of the head on the floor. Fortunately, she, her head hit on the carpet that's just on the edge of the floor on the kitchen. Uh, so they play cards in the kitchen, but she just kind of fell at just that point. So that might have helped a little bit. But of course, she's in pain and she's shook up as she fell and she's kind of panicked. And so dad calls 911 and you know, ambulance is coming and he and he calls me and i'm of course i'm working i'm out cleaning a building oh let me tell you 
a busy week, and I'll I'll, mention, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about that in a moment. But uh, uh, so she he calls me and says, you know, your mom fell down. We're taking her to the emergency room. Uh, we're going to this hospital, whatever. And I said, well, Dad, I'm at work right now. I'll try to get what I have to do tonight. I'll get it done as quick as I can, and I'll be down there. Um, you know, so she says, okay. So he he you know, so I get the work done as quick as I can. Uh, there was a person, uh, There's uh, one of the buildings I do has two people working in it, and I had to cover one person's run, and the other person helped me. He, he just took upon himself to mop the bathrooms and vacuum. Didn't ask him, just did it. He had no idea I was trying to get out of there in a hurry. He just pitched in and helped, which was I appreciated, and that was great. Well, all right, so I get down there. I must have got to the emergency room about 9 o'clock or so. And I think mom was probably there since seven, so she'd been there for a couple hours already, something like that. And um, I, I, you know, I go into the room that they got her in. She's laying on a gurney. She's laying flat on her back, and she's got a neck brace on, and she's just, she's just uh, uh, whimpering, uh, moaning. It's, it's just kind of like with every breath, it's like, uh, 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 you know, like like that, except. Hopefully it didn't sound like she was having a good time because she wasn't. <laughs> she, but she just, you know, it was just bad. And Dad's holding her hand, and and he's trying to keep her calm. And I, you know, I came in and says, "Well, I'm here." And when she when she's not moaning, she says, "Well, I don't know if you want to see your mother like this." And I said, "No, that's that's it's fine, Mom. You're okay." And you know, so we'll, I'm just, you know, I wanted to be here. And uh, so I sit, and Dad catches me up on what's going on. Says the doctor had come in and. Did a little physical examination, and the doctor said she didn't, she couldn't tell anything physically wrong. There wasn't anything, you know, obviously wrong. So they did some a CAT scan and they did some lab work and all that. So we're just kind of waiting on that kind of stuff. And uh, at some point, the doctor comes in while I'm there, and and uh, she gets mom sitting up. She and a nurse, they get her sitting up, and Mom's a little tender about that. Her, her threshold for pain is not nearly as, as, as high as my dad's. I mean, my dad can just handle pain. Mom's a little, you know, more, it's a lower threshold, and she's, and she, you know, just people are different. So, anyway, they get her up, and they, they take the neck brace off, and they, you know, have her turn her head a little bit, and, and you know, and uh, the doctor says, well, the good news is, is that the CAT scan, uh, the CT scan showed, nothing bad nothing wrong you know so there's no just, just uh, whatever they might have thought it might have been you know no cracked skull no bleeding internally you know uh you know no tumors no you know rats running around whatever it shows so that was good and and then uh, so they got her sitting and they got the gurney so now that it's a little sitting position for her so now she can sit up a little bit and they and the neck braces off and so they go through that, and the doctor says, "Well, I'll have the nurse come in with some oxycodone, and give you a little, give you some of that." And and so then she leaves. And um, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Five minutes after having that ma that that uh, uh, neck brace off, mom is back to normal. She's gone as the moaning and the whimpering. Uh, now she's she's talking to us, and she says, "You know, she feels you know, she's calm." She feels better. She's sure her neck is sore, but she has arthritis in her neck. She's got arthritis everywhere, really. She's got it in her hands, her hips, her, you know, she's, she's got a lot of arthritis. I guess that's what I get to look forward to, if, I, if, you know, if genetics mean anything. I already have arthritis in my lower back, so what are you going to do? 
Anyway, so she's already you know, just so much better. And then the one thing that was bothering her was um, they, they put the, the blood pressure cuff on while, you know, to keep your vitals checked. And every 15 minutes, the thing will inflate and check the blood pressure. And it's, this, is, this is the thing that's causing her pain now. She just, it starts going, and she's just, oh, this hurts. You know, she just really, it just really hurts. And, and finally, it'll let up, and, and then another 15 minutes later, it does it again, and it really hurts. And then this time, Dad gets up, and he loosens the thing after it's done its little job. And then uh, uh, Nurse came in to check on something, and we said, you know, this thing's really hurting her. It's, it's you know, and Dad loosened it. Is, well, it'll still do, you know, it'll still check, and, and uh, if it's still on, it'll, it'll do it. And, and then she gives my mom some advice. She says, you want to hold your arm straight. You don't want to have it bent, and don't, you know, you don't want to do that because it'll, it'll force the machine to, to keep pressurizing in order to find what it needs to, you know, to get the point to get to the point it needs to get to. Uh, and then it's going to hurt. So, okay, okay. So, happens again. Another 15 minutes go by. It happens again. And it hurts her like hell. So, this time we, we call the nurse in, press the button, and they send the guy in. And, he's, and we said, it's really hurting her. It's, it's, can we do something about this? So, what he did was uh, decided to uh, put it on her, on her left arm. It had been on her right arm. On the left arm, which happens to be close to the side I'm sitting next to the gurney I'm sitting there so her left side is closest to me so she put he puts it there and then um, we hear either the doctor or the nurse call in, the other nurse call in and say you can set it to 30 minutes instead of every 15 so, so he does that and he gets it on the other arm and he gets it all set up so this time when it happens again I can hear the machine kick in I can hear it's going to start and uh, so then what I do is, what I did was, um, I said, okay, mom, it's going to start doing now. Now, you just let your arm relax, hold it, you know, and I will hold it. So I would hold her hand with, with one hand, and then my other hand I'd hold under her elbow, and I'd hold her arm straight. And I said, but just let it relax. Just relax your arm. And it, it pinched a little on her, but it wasn't so bad. And there were a couple other times where it did it again and each time I said okay this is you know the drill you know and I'd hold her arm and it would go better and she didn't have the pain so that was you know uh, I was happy to be able to do that I was just remembering how you know because I do blood pressure you know check my blood pressure all the time at home well not all the time but I check it and I get it checked when I'm in there and I just kind of notice how doctors do it and they just they, they and nurses if they're doing it right they're holding your arm and just says just relax your arm just relax your arm they hold it straight so I thought well that's what I'll do and it worked so that's good and then uh, uh, dad had told me a little story about that evening uh, before you know before mom got back into her brain and was able to not be whimpering and crying out in pain constantly uh, and I said well tell mom that what you were telling me about what happened and see so the poker ladies are over they they get dressed and then they help dad get stuff together for uh, for mom going down to the hospital and get her glasses and mom has she wears dentures and I'm I'm not sure why she didn't still have them in, but my guess is that the paramedics had her take them out because 
in case there was any kind of uh, thing they might do, you know, with her breathing, the teeth would be in the way, and let's get them out of the way right now. So I have a because I'm sure mom's not playing poker without her teeth in. And so the gals, uh, they, they get stuff together. They put her teeth into the little light blue plastic container that has a snap lid. And they give that to my dad. And my dad's filling his pockets and his coat and his pants and just you know, get, getting everything ready. And he gets in the ambulance with her and off they go. And while they're heading to the hospital, dad notices that on the, his upper thigh, inside, very near his crotch, there's a big wet spot on his pants. And he's looking, he says, what, the, what has happened here? Why is it so, why is it all wet here? And he reaches into the pocket of his jacket, right above where the wet spot was on his leg, and he takes out the container with the false teeth. Well, whoever had prepared that put water in the container and didn't realize it wasn't watertight it's so it leaked all over on his pants and so then we're picturing dad sitting there with a wet crotch uh in his on his pants and that the paramedics and the emt or whoever's in you know in the back of the ambulance there maybe sees that and thinks okay now the old fella's got something going on <laughs> but i guess uh i'm sure dad pulled the teeth out and says, oh there was that's what's going on and dad tells it to mom and she just starts cracking up and I crack up because she's cracking up, and we're just having a, you know, it's great. So, so that made you just, it just brought calmness to the room, knowing that mom is, you know, is feels well enough to just start laughing about this this scene. Uh, it, they ended up sometime after eleven o'clock. They come in and, and said that, you know, we're gonna get her ready to send her home. And that's when I jump up and say, okay, well, Dad, you'll get her home, and uh, I guess I'll just go. And Dad says, how? I don't have a car. I looked at him and went, he said, I came in the ambulance, which I knew. And I went, oh, right, that's why I'm here. <laughs> uh, I got them home and a little after midnight, and I got home at about 1230. Uh, so she's okay. That was Monday. Uh, it was an adventure, but she was okay. And she went to her doctor, uh, I guess, either today or yesterday, because I got a call from my dad saying that, you know, they're not seeing anything, problem, you know, any problems, any issues, any worries. Uh, but they, uh, my mom a few years ago had uh, some heart issue where her, her uh, heartbeat would just start to race. And when that would happen, it goes so fast, it's not able to pump, it's not able to grab enough oxygen into the blood and pump that around because it's just going so fast. It's just, and, and so she would get lightheaded and dizzy there. So that's a possibility that they want to eliminate or, or or confirm. So they're going to send her to a heart her heart specialist or heart doctor that she sees every now and then, and see what's what's going on there. So I'm telling you, she's 80 years old. My dad's 81. He's going to turn 82 at the end of next month. Astrologers, put your charts away. And my father-in-law just turned 81. It's you know it's that it's it's getting there. My I was talking to my older brother about it, and he said to me, "Are you are you dreading the dreading when the phone rings?" I said, "Yes, sometimes, especially at certain times of night. If it's after eleven o'clock, you're thinking, oh no, what's going on?'" <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. So, oh well, uh, that's just ugh, let me tell you. So this week, other than that, oh man. 
uh, how busy can it get for a janitorial service? Well, let me tell you. Uh, I work for a janitorial service. Uh, I'm the office manager, but I also, a couple, three nights a week, I either clean a couple buildings or I'm checking on a couple buildings. And it, uh, two, three weeks ago, one of our guys who does several properties for us, he's one of the few that does several properties, he calls in and he needs, uh, uh, for this week, the week of the 13th through the 17th, it's uh, St. Patrick's Day as I record this. That's it is. 13th through the 17th. That week he's going to need the 16th and 17th off, and then next week he's going to need Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He might come back Wednesday, but he's going to need that. So he does a lot of properties. So we got to cover all that. So like, great. So, but we do have options. We do have some people that might be able to pick up. And not just the supervisor filling in everything, and not just me filling in everything. When I did do some fill in, uh, it. It can be someone else. Uh, so we do have some options there. And then the fellow that, uh, another fellow calls in, and he does, uh, he calls in needing the 13th through the 17th off because he's, he's got summer break from, or spring break from his school, and he's going out of town. Okay, all right, the week just got a little busier. Uh, so, Okay, but well, I can cover some of his stuff, and then you know we figure it out. And okay, that's that's well, all right. We'll we'll figure it out. Then Monday comes along, the thirteenth comes along, and I get a call from one of our other cleaners. He's had a death in the family. He says I'll work tonight, but I'm going to need Tuesday through Friday off because I got to go down to Mississippi where you know the memorial and the funeral is going to take place. So he needs the rest of the week off. So oh my goodness, now we got another guy off. And if that wasn't busy enough, we picked up a new property. Well, not exactly a new property. This is a place that we were already doing once a month, but they've decided for the next six months they want us to do it three times a week plus the once a month. And that started on Wednesday this past week. So, and that is a job where we would need two people to do it because we'd split it into two runs. One would be maybe a three-and-a-half, four-hour run. The other would be a three-hour run. And so we had that to do. And then, on Wednesday, I get a call from one of our people. Her husband's going into surgery that night. She says, I can't clean tonight. And what about the rest of the week? Well, I'll let you know. Fortunately, she was able to clean the rest of the week. But then she needs Wednesday off, so we're even busier there. And then, on Thursday, I get an email from another customer that uh, we do one property for them. They have other properties in the Twin Cities, and two of them are cleaned by apparently just one guy, and the one guy has had some kind of personal emergency take place in his life, and he needs two weeks off, and he doesn't have anybody to cover for him. So they ask us if we can cover for him, beginning almost right away. <laughs> one of the properties is just two times a week, and that can be done during the day. So I, said, I told the boss, I said, well, I can cover that. You know, I can just shut down the office and go take care of it. It's only take about an hour, hour and a half. And uh, to do the work, maybe another half hour to drive there and back. But, okay, but the other one's four, five nights a week. And we said, well, the earliest we'd be able to start that would be Monday, which would be busy enough because, you know, we still have that other guy still being off. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we'll have to meet her at the building and see what she needs to be done, and we'll get it figured out somehow. Ah. <sighs> That's how busy it can get in one week for a janitorial service. <sighs>
That tired me out. I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'll be back after this break. Uh, sit tight. I, I promise I'll be back. bringing you the best radio possible. We will test your senses with innovative and entertaining radio programming. Honest, informative, inspirational, and on occasion, controversial. Our listening audience will also have the opportunity to interact with the show hosts and guests through live chat and call-in capabilities. You can't be left out of the loop. Tune into all our live shows once, and you'll never turn your computer off again. Z-Talk Radio on your computer dial. Your healthy addiction. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Dr. Dim might even have a guest or two. Don't Join you believe Jim, it? Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, guest midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio network. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. back to Dimland Radio here in the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Um, what have I got? Oh, yes. <clears throat> I was going to talk about this last week, but I spent two segments talking about the unpleasantness with the fraternity for which I do have done uh, some designs for their t-shirts. 
uh, which depicted some sexual acts in there, and I had naively thought, and probably it was consensual stuff that I was drawing, but I can't know for sure because I've learned that the fraternity had been hit with some sexual assault, um, well, I, you know, allegations, which turned out to probably be true because uh, people were disciplined and kicked out of the fraternity, and uh, at least one person was expelled from campus or from the university itself. And and then there was a whistleblower saying that <clears throat> that the um, the atmosphere in the uh, fraternity hasn't really gotten any better. Excuse me, I got to clear my throat. <clears> throat> still have <clears throat> a little bit of that going on. I don't know what the deal is. Oh, and I'm <clears throat> and it's week 2 of drinking rolling rock. <sighs> you say I don't drink very much and it's usually like one beer a week. Maybe I'll have two tonight just to knock them out. And Amy was taking one of my cokes, my Coca-Colas, and and she said, "Well, it's either this or a beer." And I said, "Take a beer." <laughs> I like the Coca-Cola. Uh, the beer is kind of meh. Anyway, I was going to talk about this last week, this little thing. And it might have been a kind of a weird juxtaposition because of what I'm going to, the joke I'm going to make. But I didn't have the time anyway, so it was probably, it probably wouldn't have been as appropriate last week. And it might not be appropriate this week, but I'm going to do it anyway. Our long national nightmare, dare I say international nightmare, has come to an end. No, no, Donald Trump has not resigned. He's still president. I'm talking, of course, about uh, Playboy magazine has decided that its uh, year-long exper experiment, experiment uh, should come to an end. And I guess it was this month the magazine had brought back the naked ladies. I know. Last week I was about you know, this, this, this drawings of stuff and thinking that maybe I drew rape, I don't know, and now I'm saying naked ladies are back in Playboy, and I'm uh, pleased to hear that. Not that, I, look, look, I, I realize that might sound like a little cognitive dissonance, two opposing ideas in my mind, but I don't think there's anything wrong with admiring the female form, if that's the form that you're into, you know, just, I don't think that's a problem, and, you know, the women that are in Playboy, they know they're in Playboy, and they've they've decided to be in Playboy. I don't think they were necessarily forced into it. I hope not. Um, you know, some women that have been in Playboy have gone on to have decent careers. <laughs> I think most of them do. But, uh, you know, maybe not in the limelight, but did they do this thing? And, you know, I, I, and, and see now, what we found out, what I found out, was that... Um, the son of Hugh Hefner, uh, Cooper Hefner, is the chief creative officer for Playboy magazine, and he announced that they're bringing him back. Um, they realized that nudity was, was never the problem, and he says because nudity isn't a problem, something to that effect. Uh, he did say, though, that the way the naked ladies were portrayed was a bit dated. And so they're going to kind of change the way that's done. And I, I, you know, um, in the interest of uh, research for the show, uh, I have seen uh, at least one. Uh, yeah, one, one. So one. <laughs> I know if it's more than one. I've seen one. Um, what I believe to be a, a, a pictorial layout 
of a, a naked gal. And the way the photography was done was a bit different. The way, you know, you, you, if you picture the Playboy pictorials with the with the with the women that they you know posing nude, the playmates, the centerfold. There's there's always it's it's, it's done where there's a lot of soft focus or at least a maybe not super soft focus. Uh, they did more of that in the 70s, I guess. But uh, there's a little bit of that, and of course there's the airbrushing and I guess photoshopping now uh, that's gone on. And it's, so I'm, it's probably still happening in the, the current ones, but there's something a little more natural. To, at least that pictorial I saw was a little more natural in the look. I mean, the, the, it didn't have that, that, that uh, artificially softened look to it. Uh, and, it, it just, and the posing was a... Um, I don't know, it just was just a little different. So I could see what, what, what Cooper Hefner was talking about, uh, the data. I mean, there's... One site, and again, in the interest of uh, research for the show, there's a website out there somewhere. I might link to it if I can find it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Is that something I should link to on my show notes? But uh, that has, I think, every centerfold that's ever been in Playboy. Uh, maybe not the most recent ones, but maybe it's been updated. I don't know. You know, Again, it was for research for the show. You know, I do these things for you. It's not necessarily something I wanted to do. Uh, looking at attractive women without any clothes on. You know, it's, yeah. It's, I did it, and it, I, because I wanted to be thorough. And there's something, what I remembered about one of the, the aspects of, of Playboy, one of the, one of the selling points at some point along the line was that, uh, you know, it's the girl next door. Uh, that was the, that they were the girl next door, you know, an, an exceptionally hot girl next door, but still not looking like built in a factory girl next door. <laughs> it's, it's looking like somebody that might actually be an actual person. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Can, some of it can get kind of the the model types can get kind of I don't know, plasticky looking. Is that? Does that make sense? And, and and for quite a while, if you look through the 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 old um, centerfolds, and and they look quite naive, the early ones, very innocent, really, and and they do kind of look like, well, yeah, this could be a gal that lives down the block or next door or something, you know, it, it, this could be somebody that I work with and and that. It's not like. I, I don't know, and uh, not necessarily they wouldn't be attainable by me, but <laughs> um, you know, some guy that might have a little something going on, they might be attainable. You know, uh, they wouldn't necessarily have to be super rich like Hugh Hefner uh, and have a magazine which he has naked ladies in it. Huh? Interesting. Well, anyway, but there was kind of a change over the years. You know, you look through it, and you can kind of see it starts. They start getting a little too glossy, the women. Just a little too, I don't know. Just something. And and you know, not that they weren't attractive uh, or desirable or any of those things. Not like that. It's just they just were. I don't know. It's just the girl next door aspect just seemed to disappear. And and that, and that I think that almost almost kind of coincided with the breast implants. Oh, when the breast implants happened, 
Uh, I can remember uh, I used to listen to the, the Adam Carolla podcast, and Adam would talk about plastic surgery and breast implants and things like that. And he said, you know, these are the days where uh, they're they're not so, you know, well, we're getting, it, the, the breast implants are getting better. So I'm told. Uh, well, okay, I, you know, for the show, you know, I, I, I did some research, and some of the more recent ones that I've seen, I was like, well, you know, yeah, but they seem more natural. The other ones, you know, from when they first were introduced. Now, I, I had a subscription to Playboy, you know, and, and it, I let that go when I met my wife. And shortly after meeting her, well, you know, I didn't re-up it when it came to the end. But I was, I was, I was in my mid-thirties before I met my wife. I was single and in date. You know what? He, you know, took me a long time to realize there was actually articles in the magazine. But um, you know, you get the breast implants kind of showed up, and they just they weren't they weren't quite right at the beginning. The, but yeah, and and they, you know, and as I was saying, Adam Carolla says, you know, the plastic surgery experimenting that's going on now, you know, in in, in twenty years time, it's going to be so much better. It's going to look better, and you know, these women that you're in the and men that do the Botox for their face and all this stuff, they just it looks weird. It just looks weird. I don't know why. I I don't know why. Anyway, <clears throat> it just started looking. They just, they started looking like they were made in a factory, and it like they weren't real people, kind of. And and and, and uh, I got a I got an image here. This I will put on the, the show notes. Just go to dimland.com, click on the blog option. Uh, the show notes go up sometime on Monday, so I'll I'll put them up, and it'll have links to um, stuff I talk about here, and I, I'll put this image up or at least a link to it. Uh, I work for I do uh, part-time work for a comic book store, and I'll I'll go through comic books and I'll enter them into the uh, online catalog, and and I'll do other work for it. And this one comic book came up, and I in the cover, <sighs> it, 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 this the, I can understand why some women and some men would have problems with the way women are depicted in comic books. Um, the one thing that I remember reading an artist uh, who did comic book illustrations back in the day uh, he had said that uh, you're essentially drawing people naked when you're drawing comic books you know the superheroes they're, you're essentially drawing them naked and it's just painting that their their uniforms their outfits their costumes are essentially just painted on that's how the, that's how they're drawn and and so uh, lately well and, and this isn't anything recent really because this comic book cover is from 20 years ago from 1998 and it's drawn by an artist named uh, Joe uh, Maduria. Maduria. Yeah, yeah I, th I, I think that's what he, I don't know how to say it. But Joe Mad is what some people call him, I guess. And it's a it's a variant cover. Oh, ask comic book collectors about variant covers. Uh, it's just you know, it's in the in the 90s that just became a big thing. Just you know, you would have your the, the the issue you could buy in the newsstand, and then there'd be variant covers that you could get from comic book dealerships if the comic book dealer uh, bought enough copies. If he bought 25 copies, he would get one issue of this variant cover. And oh, it's just it was just a bunch of bullshit. 
just to get you to buy more damn comic books. And on the cover of this one, it's a it's a it's a young woman who is not wearing much. She's got her back facing us. I mean, she's a, she's a bit of a contortionist. Uh, she's got her back facing us. She's got a a purple skirt on that's hiked up way up onto her, her waist so that her butt is, is well exposed. She's wearing panties, which are kind of pulled into her butt cheeks. And there's the thigh gap. And there's the, you know, that, uh, you know, the from behind seeing the woman's naughty area. That, that That's there. But the thing that really struck me, she's topless. Now, of course, she's got her back to you. But she's turning to the camera, and her her uh, her right arm is kind of going down. The, the upper part of the arm is going down, and the elbow is bent up, and her and pulled against her chest to to hide the to to hide the nipple on the breast. Her other arm is extended is hidden by her head and her hair. And it's extended out and bent at the elbow back, back so that her left hand is resting on her shoulder. She's holding a big knife. And the thing is, the breast, which is, you know, which is naked, it's unclothed, this breast. I showed this to my wife, and I said, well, this is what you get when you have artists raised in the era of breast implants, because no natural breast is going to do what this one does. It looks like she's holding a balloon to her chest. I'll show you the show notes. In the show notes, you'll see it. It's, and someone had suggested, I put it up on Facebook, someone had suggested that she could be one of those people, the rare condition that people can get, where they have no collarbones. And, you know, they, their body works fine. They have no collarbone, though, which means when you, when you sink in your chest, you pull in your shoulders toward each other, you, you know, if you have a collarbone, you can only go so far. If you don't have a collarbone, you can practically practically get your shoulders to touch each other. I've seen video of this, and it's not as disturbing as I thought it was going to be. And it kind of looks like that's what's going on here. Like it's, her, it's like it's her other shoulder. Only thing is, her arm wouldn't be there. So that's her boob. <laughs> it's and the other thing about it. So her butt's hanging out there. Um, She's either exceedingly bow-legged or she's got her hips dislocated because that's something that doesn't look right there. It's really well drawn, though. I mean, the guy is a really good artist. He's one of those artists that I look... I saw some sketch that he did. He obviously did a sketch for a fan and the fan put it up on their website. So in a Google search and this guy's art pulls up this sketch. And it's it, the sketch probably took him less than five minutes just to do. And it's... It, it looks like something that would take me hours to draw. I mean, it's just so, you know, he's, I, I just envy these guys. So they're that, that good, that quick, that fast, that good. I mean, he's really good. But this cover, holy smokes. Oof. Well, I've uh, made it to another break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, thank you for letting me talk about boobs for a little bit there. And uh, I'll be back. In, in a moment. Uh, just sit tight. Hope you enjoyed 
Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Your assignment is to listen to the buzz on Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. This message will self-destruct. Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh! Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. You're listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Demfit Simmons. Speaking of cartoonists, uh, there is uh, something that I put on uh, the Dimland Radio page. And by the way, uh, I do have a Dimland Radio page on Facebook. If you haven't gone over and liked it, please do. Just look for Dimland Radio in a search, and you should be able to find it pretty easy. Uh, uh, how many Dimline radios are there? Hopefully I'm the only one. And uh, also, if you haven't subscribed on iTunes, Dimline Radio is on iTunes, uh, and if you have and you haven't rated or reviewed it yet, please do. Leave a positive review if you could, and a positive rating. That would be nice uh, if you would do such a thing for me, because uh, I guess that helps people find the podcast. I mean, I don't know how many... I just... I don't know. <laughs> the the I I get a few downloads, and last week in the chat room there were there were there were actually four people in the chat room, and three of them skeptics. Uh, that's that's that was pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, and it's I knew I wouldn't be preaching to the choir if I go to the uh, the iTunes thing. But anyway, speaking of cartoonists. You'll see it on the Dimland Radio page, of course. I'll, I'll on Facebook, that is, and of course I'll put it on the show notes. Uh, there's a, a cartoonist that's in the uh, week, uh, the daily paper. Uh, his name is Dan Pereiro, Pereiro. I'm not sure exactly how he says his name. Uh, he does the comic strip called Bizarro, and so maybe it's Pereiro, kind of Pereiro, Bizarro, maybe, maybe. Anyway, it's a single panel comic strip. And uh, 
he's he has attained the uh, the the special honor of Dimland Radio Science Hero. Not a zero. He's a science hero. Uh, generally, the Dimland Radio Science Hero goes to people who aren't necessarily scientists, but do something to advance science or to advance a, a public understanding of science or skepticism and these kinds of things. Oh, excuse me, my nose is tickling. Um, he did a recent, I don't know when exactly it went in the paper, but it showed up on the internets. Uh, he did a strip where he's, it's, like I said, it's a single panel strip, and it shows a uh, one of those, you know, Al uh, Alcoholics Anonymous group kind of thing setting where it's a group of people sitting in, on just some folding chairs and they're kind of in a circle and they're, they're uh, uh, you know, there's it's what the and, and and there's let's see I'll just tell you who's in it. Uh, there's Bigfoot, and then there's uh, uh, let's see who else the, a leprechaun. There's a unicorn and there's a mermaid and the mermaid is kind of running the group at this point because she's introducing the newest member to the group. Now of course this group is mythical creatures, mythical things. Uh, they don't actually exist. And she's introducing the group to uh, the newest member, which is there's a chair with a little glass vial sitting in the center of the chair. And she says, I uh, want to introduce you to the newest member of their group, the vaccine that causes autism. How awesome is that? You know, here's a cartoonist who gets it. Vaccines don't cause autism. Don't listen to the anti-vaxxers. They're wrong. You know, study after study after study shows that it, there's no connection. There's no connection. It's just a timing thing. The symptoms of autism are generally noticed at about that same age the kids start getting their vaccines. That's, that's it. That uh, terrible bad quack, uh, uh, Andrew Wakefield back in whatever in the 90s, tr sparked this whole thing, started this whole thing about it causes autism. And he, he did some study which was, turned out to be fraudulent. Not just not just wrong, but fraudulent, and he was stricken. He had his license to practice medicine or do med medical research taken from him by the people in England because that's where he's from. And you know, now he's now he's the I don't know. He's like the martyr for the anti-vax movement. And then you got people like uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. and Robert De Niro. They're putting out this challenge, give us one study that shows that there's no connection between autism and, and thimerosal in vaccines or vaccines. And there, there's, there, there isn't just one, there's, there's hundreds of them, maybe even thousands of them. But it's, uh, and we'll give you $100,000. Well, no, you won't. Uh. Okay, um, so excellent job, Dan Peraro. Who has uh, uh, who's attained the the special honor of a Dimland Science Hero? Isn't that cool? Vaccine that causes autism is a myth, and that's why he's part of the you know mythical creatures anonymous group. There. Okay, um, I'm gonna read this article to you. I'm gonna try to read it as quickly as I can, and I'm not the best reader in the world, but we'll get through it. Remember that. Uh, 
my fellow uh, Ken Ham, the Answers in Genesis guy, and he raised a bunch of money and he he got some town in Kentucky, got the state of Kentucky, to uh, to get on board with uh, building the Ark Encounter, the Ark Park. You know, to buy a, to build a, a, a life-size two-scale ark and put dinosaurs in it because because science <laughs> science denial because the ark really did exist and they really did take all those animals and all this uh, really it's hard to believe there are adults adults that believe this it really is it's just silly as all hell but uh, apparently the ark isn't generating the kind of visitation and uh, re revenue that was hoped for. So this is uh, this is from thehumanist.com. Fellow named Fred Edwards and f two fellows, uh, Fred Edwards and Mike Reed, put this article together. A full-sized replica of the biblical Noah's ark dominates the landscape near Williamstown, Kentucky. It is the centerpiece of the Ark Encounter theme park built and operated by the Young Earth Creationists Organization Answers in Genesis, AIG. Its charismatic president, Ken Ham, claims that this ark is the largest timber frame structure in the world, which one can easily believe when viewing just the outside. Inside, the ark's cavernous depth is particularly striking, lined with thousands of wooden crates, uh, wooden cages of varying sizes, many with models of animals peering out. Further on, one finds dioramas depicting scenes from the biblical story upon which the structure is based. Uh, ark Encounter is essentially a huge three-dimensional interactive storybook that retells the Old Testament folktale of the Great Flood. And it is the most serious and sophisticated rendering of that uh, that story one is likely to see. Most other depictions of Noah's Ark are cartoonish and simply ignore the plenitude of problems, such as how Noah could fit two of the millions of species of animals that exist on Earth into any vessel, even one this big, or how he could keep could have fed them, disposed of their waste, and kept the carnivores from consuming the other animals. The practical problems with this are, uh, story go on and on. Ark, Encounters, uh, Ark Encounter attempts to explain away the most obvious of these. For example, all existing animals are seen to, as descendant uh, of only a few thousand base kinds that Noah initially gathered on board. Okay. Uh, the modern scientific principle of natural selection is then offered as the mechanism that produced the post-Diluvian diversity that followed. But these creationists arbitrarily limit the amount of evolution that selection, natural selection can generate. As for large animals in the ark, nothing kept Noah from preferring babies to full-grown adults. Okay. The whole experience is less is impressive as well as aesthetically appealing. It would be hard to find another place where pseudoscience is packaged with such glittering polish on such a colossal scale. So it's no surprise that this remarkable park was built to the, accom the accompaniment of equally wild faith-based promises of massive attendance that would boost the local economy. 
Now that the park has been open eight months, however, the prophesied, prophesied flood of uh, local commerce hasn't materialized. As reported by local news station WKYT, Grant County, which sold uh, 98 sold 98 acres to Ark Encounter for $1 and provided other financial incentives, is on the verge of bankruptcy. To begin to understand what went wrong, it's important to compare evidence-based prophecies against faith-based ones. Atheist blogger Christine, Christina Rad, in her video blog post of uh, October 28, 2014, declared with excited sarcasm that Ken Ham was building a real-sized rendition of Noah's Ark for the third time ever. Her reference was to Ham's two rarely mentioned predecessors. The world's first full-scale Ark replica opened in May 2009 at Noah's Ark Park and Resort on the island of Mawan in, in Hong Kong Harbor, but by the time its evangelical Christian developer, Thomas Kwok, had been convicted uh, on a bribery charge associated with the project and sentenced to five years in prison in 2014, the park had attracted an average of well under half a million visitors per year. The second replica, nicknamed Johann's Ark, after its builder, Johann Hubers, uh, actually floats, albeit atop a modern steel barge apparatus. It was open to the public in July 2012 in uh, Dordrecht, the Netherlands and is in its first three and in its first three years of operation attracted an average of only eighty thousand visitors per year to its home port. Huh. Hard to get people to come out and see a fairy tale, huh? Guess you have to give them something more than that. Therefore, outside business analysts analysts uh, weren't optimistic in their attendance prediction for Ark Encounter in Kentucky in December twenty fourteen. Uh, let's see, Hunden Strategic Partners, LLC of Chicago, projected that the Kentucky Tourism Cabinet, uh, a peak attendance of only 425,000 people a year. This was based uh, partially based on attendance figures for AIG's other major attraction, the Creation Museum, located 45 miles away in Petersburg, Kentucky, figures which had been in steady decline in recent years. In this context, the Hunden Report projected only a small net fiscal impact of $4.9 million compared to the $18.25 million in sales tax incentives granted by the state. Uh, Grant County put its faith in AIG's numbers and in the big and the bright promise of an accompanying prosperity that would give the county and the city of Williamstown an economic boost. Although it's true that Ham is able to state that Ark Encounter had half uh, had a half million visitors visitors in the first six months since its opening, July 7, 2016, thereby exceeding the expectations of the Hunden report. County officials remain disappointed. It's been a great thing, but it's not brought us any money, Grant County Judge Executive Steve Wood told WKRC in nearby Cincinnati uh, that's, yeah, last month. Wood said that the county that county jobs may have to be cut and that he plans to propose a 2% payroll tax. I was one of those believers that once the Ark was here, everything was going to come in, but it hasn't done it. Visitors to the park haven't brought their dollars to the community, and many local businesses are shuttered. Oh, well.
I guess God didn't uh, inspire enough people to come and spend their money. I, it's, I, I, I'm surprised that many people have gone to see it. I suppose it's a curiosity, but now it's, it, it might, it might be destined to become one of those very weird roadside attractions, a, a massive roadside attraction at that. Well, we'll see. I guess I don't know. It's just stupid. It's just, it's just silly and stupid that people would believe that the ark was an actual thing, that the entire world was flooded. That, yeah, come on. You know it's not stupid. There's a good movie that that I'm going to recommend to you. I haven't done a movie recommendation in a while. It's called The Chase. It's from 1966. Uh, I know there was a, a remake made, but uh, 1966 it was directed by Arthur Penn, and it stars Marlon Brando as a town sheriff. Uh, his wife is played by Angie Dickinson. It's got Jane Fonda. Robert Redford, Robert Duvall, E.G. Marshall, and and keep your eyes open, and you'll see a young Paul Williams, yes, the singer, songwriter, actor guy. You'll see him show up, uh, one of the teenagers that are having a party, and it's a it's a it's kind of a Peyton Place sort of a feel to it. This is a it's a Texas town. There's a there's a, a not too subtle undercurrent of racism throughout uh, the town. Uh, 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 Robert Redford. This is the one drawback that Robert Redford plays a kind of a, a ne'er do well type that gets that escaped from prison, and he's hiding out and he's trying to get back to town or something. And, and but he's he's suspected in a uh, the murder of somebody, but it was the guy that he escaped with that actually murdered the fellow. And Redford just he's just too good looking <laughs> to play that part. But he does okay. Uh, he's not in it much. It's an early role for him. Who's really good is Marlon Brando. He's awesome. And I could see the man was sexy. I mean, he's a good looking guy, and he has this presence, and he's very, uh, he's not happy with the people of this town. They're all very petty, and they're very, uh, they're just very snappy at each other and, 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 and mean. And uh, there's a big party going on, on Saturday night, and they all, they all carry guns because it is Texas and you're required to. And it's just, it's just watching Brando deal with these people, watching his character deal with them. And he has some good snarky moments or zingers to them. And, and it's just, I, I wasn't sure what to expect when I saw it. And I, I thought it was going to be kind of like a car chase thing. It's not. It's not like that, you know, the chase. It's not quite that. It's more, it's 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 different, but it's really good. And uh, it's kind of melodramatic. It's a little, it's a little silly, but uh, it's it's just, just for Brando alone, you should check it out. So, yeah, check out The Chase from 1966. I think it's, uh, it's worth your time. Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. And like that, I've come to the end of another show filled with boobs and and other boobs that think that an arc is a good idea and other things. Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Uh, be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons, and I'm reminding you all to sleep with the lights off. Check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. 
and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell. Oh, that's what I should have said. I should have said, "Well, God." couldn't inspire all these a bunch of people to go to the ark park while he was able to inspire all those animals to show up for noah why you, I, oh, why didn't i do oh that would have been good that would have been good if, if i would have made that connection oh oh well oh well i guess i guess I sh- i'm just an amateur <laughs>